Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Instead of paying off the mortgage in 30 years, we agreed to a term of 20. That means that we pay things down faster, but the monthly mortgage payments, or in this case, your hydro bills, are higher. Really? Is that how it works, Premier? Well, I'll be taking notes as you continue with your explanation as we go through the day. Uh, Looking at uh, Kevin Libin's column in the Financial Post, he writes in part, Ontarians are currently on the hook until 2032 for $125 billion or so in what the Liberals call global adjustment fees, which they created to pay for their expensive energy deals, green power subsidies, and coal phase-outs. After this money-saving refinancing, that liability could increase by tens of billions more stretched out well into the middle of the century. Could we just hear that clip one more time? I just want to hear Premier Wynne make it sound so wonderful and simple. Have a listen. Instead of paying off the mortgage in 30 years, we agreed to a term of 20. That means that we pay things down faster, but the monthly mortgage payments, or in this case, your hydro bills, are higher. Thank you. She was a teacher, wasn't she? Francesca Dobbin joins me. She's the executive director of the Bruce Gray Counties, Bruce and Gray Counties United Way in Ontario. We were supposed to be speaking with Norm Beale from the uh, food and beverage manufacturing sector. We'll speak with Mr. Beale before the end of the hour, I'm sure. Francesca, when uh, this particular message came from the premier, um, what did it mean to you? What did it mean to your clients with the United Way? Other than it should have happened a long time ago, from their perspective, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> could have used this announcement, I don't know, three years ago. Um, but at the same time, you know, people didn't understand what was happening. They were being told, uh, decision makers were being told one thing, and we had to go out and prove that what they were being told wasn't correct and it wasn't the assessment. And we certainly heard that in the announcement. We heard our data in the announcement and we heard the voices of the people in our community in the announcement. So suddenly the Ontario government of, of uh, Kathleen Wynne heard you. They heard what you've been saying for over a year. Well, they've been listening to us for quite a few um, months now. You know, we've been talking to them. We met with the premier. We met with the um, the energy minister back in September. So they had been hearing. And, you know, that's where we were coming in and saying, no, what you are being told is not what's happening on the ground. And we were giving them on the ground information. And I'd get emails from, from inside, you know, the premier's office going, okay, we're getting told this. What's the reality on the ground look like of that? And that's the information we heard in the announcement, that there is a recognition of what they were initially being told has changed. So how much does this impact the people you've had me speak with on the air, your clients, and other people I've spoken with in the province of Ontario who have found it necessary to not pay their hydro bills? They just didn't have the money. They didn't want to not pay it. They just couldn't pay it. How does this significantly change their reality? 
if everything goes through and it goes through fairly quickly and easily and, you know, the opposition's on board in terms of the big picture of bringing these bills down, in rural Ontario, that low density, we could see a 50% reduction in people's bills, which makes it incredibly uh, more affordable than it is right now. Is it time to, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't ask you this, but is it time to forgive? Um, that's not up to me. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on what you're trying to get, forgive people for and who you're trying to forgive. Um, you know, everybody has to come up with, the opposition parties have come up with solutions. You know, we haven't heard the PC solution yet. We've gotten a look at what the NDP are thinking. This is the Liberal solution. So whether we forgive, forget, and move on, no, we can never forget because we've got to hold all levels of government and all aspects of government accountable for the on-the-ground impact of their decisions. We need poverty lenses. We need gender lenses. We need race lenses on all of these policies because when you put one thing in place, you never know what you're going to break somewhere else. And Francesca, they knew very well what that policy for the electricity pricing was doing to people at the lower end of the socioeconomic scale or people who are older, who are in fixed incomes. They knew what was going on. This isn't something that just suddenly occurred to them months ago. The premier said she'd made a mistake. Oh, months ago, yeah. And it's taken this long because, the, you know, when you've got 71 local distribution companies for electricity, trying to get them all on the same page, you know, we had to get the OEB to drop the hammer on everybody because they wouldn't listen. And, you know, they're getting told by the utility companies that, hey, you know, it's not really that bad, and we're really not disconnecting that many people, when the question should have been how many social agencies have had to step in and stop somebody from being disconnected, as opposed to how many were actually disconnected. Ask the right question. One of the things um, that Glenn Thibodeau talked about at the announcement on Thursday was the recognition that an average rural usage is 2,500 kilowatts, whereas previous to our work, they kept going with the OEB's standard average Ontarians use 750 kilowatts, except in rural areas where you've got no access to natural gas, your hot water tank is, is electric, and you've got your well pumps and all the heaters that go with keeping your water going in the winter, and that recognition that, you know what, it is 2,500 in rural areas with electric heat. That was massive for us. And electric heat, where people have seen their wood-burning stoves uh, disallowed. Just, you can't use them anymore. It's been such an integral part of heating in the wintertime in Canada, particularly rurally. And now the they find themselves with... I'm aware of this banned uh, wood-burning is, is in the city in Montreal. Um, and that's a pollution-based piece. So it in is. rural Ontario, everybody is still burning wood. And we actually spent $67,000 in 2016 on cordwood. So people are switching to it. No one's preventing anybody from using cordwood in rural Ontario. Not yet. No, there's enough, there's enough technology out there with scrubbers and things like that because we've had that conversation. That was one of the things we talked to about the, uh, with the energy minister in September was do not ban because, you know, rural Ontario runs on cordwood in the winter. I've it's, seen... I've seen a renewable resource. I've seen what happens in Quebec or what has happened in Quebec with the wood-burning stoves uh, disallowed. Now, on the countryside, most municipalities still allow it to go on, but in Montreal, certainly, they have, uh, they have excluded... All wood-burning stoves just can't and, use them And anymore. in a city like the Montreal and in other cities, you've got access to natural gas. And the point being that in a rural community, when you're out on Concession 20, you have no natural gas, therefore, 
you don't, you know, they can't ban it without offering an alternative. So until that natural gas expansion happens, I don't see them doing it in rural Ontario. What is needed above and beyond what the Premier says she delivered yesterday? Um, We need to continue um, to engage with the Ontario Energy Board as they develop a more robust disconnection policy. So we've got to keep going on that. And we've got to pass all the legislation that's behind Thursday's announcement so that the OESP does go up by 50%, that more people will qualify it for it, that we have the affordability fund. The affordability fund is not about low-income people. It's about that squeezed middle class that doesn't have, you know, $5,000 to sink into windows um, up front. You know, though tax rebates are great when you spend the money in the summer to improve your household, and then you file it with your income taxes and you get it back in April. Not a lot of people have the time and the money to invest in a tax rebate that way in our lower middle class group. There are many other things that have to be done. And what we need to remember is this crisis never had to happen in the first place. Oh, absolutely. We could have (laughs) um, avoided all of this three, four years ago in understanding what the impact of all the changes that are coming. Um, I'm concerned about the call for the cancellation of, you know, the various contracts. We know what happens when contracts get canceled. You can't legislate out contract law. You know, you can't just pass a bill that says nobody can sue the government because we canceled a contract. So if we're going to cancel the contracts, what is it going to cost us? That's what happened with the gas plant, and it cost us, you know, the billion dollars. So what else is it going to cost us? What else is it going to cost us, exactly? Keep an eye on the big picture, not just what they're rolling out in front of you. Yes, exactly. It's the big picture piece. Um, It's understanding, you know, when you change something over here, what's it going to impact over there? And having all the ministries involved, you know, from uh, social services. And that's why shifting the social programs that are associated with energy poverty relief onto the tax base, onto general social programs, is a better reflection of supporting people who are low income, because it's all encapsulated in one area. Francesca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for everything that you do for everybody in this province. I've said it before. I have to stop saying it because you get embarrassed. <laughs> but you've had a lot to do. You've had a lot to do with any positive momentum for the people who need it most. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Well, thanks for uh, letting me on the show. Thanks. Francesca Dobbin is the executive director of the United Way in Gray and Bruce County in Ontario. My number is 1-800-263-2428, 800-263-2428. I don't know if we'll get our next guest or not, but I want to talk to you at 800-263-2428. And the question is this, can you, are you capable of forgiving Kathleen Wynne and re-electing her as Premier of Ontario, because that's what she's asking for? Are you ready to forgive her and say, well, she finally understands, or is it far too far gone for that to be the case? 800-263-2428 is the number. Are you ready to perhaps forgive Kathleen Wynne, or is it way, way beyond that for you? 800-263-2428.